to do it. All right. All right, we're live. Uh, welcome to Sports and Songs, episode number 45 here on the show. Dan and Andy here are your hosts. Um, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm up here where it's only 30 degrees. I'm in, like you. I'm in uh, lovely Fort Myers, Florida right now, recording uh, at our other studio. It's 91. Ah. Just wanted to let, just let the listeners know that it's uh, uh, lovely and, and 91 here and uh, having an ice cold yingling. Beverage. A beverage. <clears throat> so <clears throat> we'll start off the show with some updates. Do you want to start on uh, any NFL uh, deaths? Yeah, first one NFL thing here uh, locally. Uh, former Viking Matt Blair passed away this week, uh, 70 years old. Um, Matt Blair started playing with the Vikings uh, mid-70s. My earliest members of the Vikings, Matt Blair was one of the guys there. He kind of played during that changing of the guard when Tarkington and, and Marshall and all them left, and then the Knicks crew came in. Matt Blair was kind of that middle-of-the-road guy. But I remember Matt was very media-friendly. He was the guy who always did the interviews. He was the big star. And not because he was media-friendly was he the big star. Of course, he was a Pro Bowl player. He was, you know, top player, most plays, uh, most games played for a Viking until recently, uh, most tackles in that position, one of the top guys there. So he was a good player, obviously, not just a good guy in the interview. Um, very fan-friendly. I've never heard a bad word about him. Um, even if you tried, no one could say anything bad about him. I think the worst thing you could say from Matt Blair is that he went to school at Iowa State. That's probably the worst thing you could say about Matt Blair. Just well-loved. Um, other shows, news, local news guys I've seen this week, nothing but great things to say about him. Just uh, Matt Blair at the age of 70 has passed away. Uh, he was a good, good guy. I've got his autograph and, and a tidbit for the audience. Uh, attended, actually attended one of his in a garage sale at Matt Blair's house when he was living in Prior Lake. Uh, years ago, uh, my mother, a longtime listener, uh, did uh, pick up a, a photographic, a camera, some kind of camera equipment. He was big into photography when he came out and moved out to the Prior Lake area. This would have been in the mid 80s. And uh, yeah, he was selling a bunch of stuff and actually had a garage sale. I've never gone to a garage sale of an NFL player before, but he was selling odds and ends, uh, him and his wife. And um, little known fact that I can say I attended a garage sale of uh, pro bowler Matt Blair. But good guy. Bud Grant does those every year or two, doesn't he? Sells, has, he calls it a garage sale, sells all the old stuff. But. I don't know. He might. He may have. But um, uh, good guy, Matt Blair. Yeah, Matt Blair. Um, on the very regular uh, format for the show here, uh, sort of do like uh, pro wrestling news. Mention about the NWA wrestling, how we haven't heard much from them. They kind of do these inner uh, – Matches with other associations. Guys come up. Uh, Thunder Rosa, their women's champions, but not AEW times. One of the last few months, names of guys have left. They've been guys who had titles. Well, one guy, a character by name Ziggy Dice, was the TV champ. He said he wasn't coming back. Well, funny, at their last pay-per-view event, uh, NWA had a guy who goes by the name of the Pope. He won the TV title. Trevor Murdoch's won the North American title recently, um, or the national championship, I mean, I'm sorry, recently. Uh, both these guys have decided they wanted to stay with NWA because the guys they beat have both openly said they're leaving. So NWA fans, hopefully they're going to come back, but look for Aaron Stevens to show up elsewhere. 
look for uh, Ziggy Dice to show up elsewhere, if not AEW, maybe more independent or Japan or something like that. Um, NASCAR news, Michael Jordan. That's what I said. NASCAR news and Michael Jordan, the basketball player. He has gone in with Denny Hamlin, who uh, you hear his name up in the uh, championship races right now, are going together on a team next year. Uh, Bubba Wallace has already signed to be their driver because Bubba Wallace will no longer be with Richard Petty Sports at the end of this year. His contract's up. Not because of anything he's gone on this year, his contract is up. Um, so the team name that they got for Jordan and Denny Hamlin is 2311. 11 is Denny Hamlin's number and 23 Jordan's. But they list is 23, then the Roman numerals for 11, XI. So 23XI Racing. And, and no one's had the number for the last couple of years, so Bubba Wallace will be driving the number 23 car next year. Um, the number has been used in the past. Um, they don't retire numbers in racing. Just no one used it, so it sat there. And Jordan, I'm pretty sure, looked into that before he got all this going. That's just the way Michael is. But, yeah, so Bubba Wallace will be racing for 2311 Racing next year. Kind of interesting to see uh, what Jordan does. Talking about the basketball racing ties, Brad Doherty, who uh, does the announcing on NBC for racing, if you remember back in the 80s and 90s, he was the center for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brad Doherty, big, tall, seven-foot dude, won number 43 because well, that was Richard Petty's number, and he was a big Richard Petty fan at the time. So here's two basketball guys in the auto racing, which <clears throat> is kind of weird because their seasons kind of overlap. So, you did, you know, you wouldn't think they'd have time to watch the other sport, but sure enough, they do. But maybe Bubba Wallace, or I'm sorry, not Bubba Wallace, Brad Doherty will have some touches to get Jordan to do some interviews with him. So hopefully see what Michael has to say about that. But uh, on to the races coming up now. I did mention last week, I kind of stuck my neck out there and said, Hey, keep an eye on Kurt Busch. I know he's eighth out of the top eight right now going in, but I think he can make the top four. Well, Kurt had auto trouble last week, had car trouble, and didn't do well. He is way behind in points, but he probably won't make the top four in points, but if you win, you're in. So the next two races, if he wins, he advances on. Well, if you got nothing to lose, and your last name is Bush in this family of racing, I still wouldn't count Kurt Busch out. He may... He's not going to get it by getting some second and thirds. He's going to have to win to get in. Still keep an eye on him. But uh, Logano's in first because he won last week. Harvick, Denny Hamlin, as we mentioned earlier, and and Brad Klozowski are the top four. They're in right now. Chase Elliott's only eight points out. Uh, so just keep an eye on those names right there. Still, I'm not going to count out Kurt Busch yet. Uh, the race is tomorrow, Sunday, Andover Echo Park Automotive 500, it's called. The Texas Speedway, it's so 501 miles, 334 laps. And that is at 2.30 Minnesota time here. So on NBC Sports Network, it will be on. So watch it there. Uh, so they have that. Then uh, the Xfinity 500, November 1st. And then the final four, the championship races, uh, begin in, in uh, Phoenix. That would be November 8th. That's all on NBC's Family Networks. They say those two are going to be on NBC right now, but they never know how things change, so we won't say anything there. Uh, hockey news. The NHL has announced this week it's going to postpone the 2021 All-Star Game and Winter Classic. Now, the Winter Classic is the outdoor game they play every year on New Year's Day, and this year it was to be at Target Field. 
Those would be the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. And um, so they said, sorry, we're not having that game. Uh, the Florida Panthers were supposed to have the All-Star game. They're scrapping those two, but they're not moving it to next to those sites because they plan these things two, three years out. So Jada said those two cities will get it back again soon. So I don't know how far they've planned out and scheduled and promised other towns to have it. Hopefully we'll be back at Target Field in the next few years. It'll be kind of interesting to see. Uh, outdoor pro hockey is very exciting. I've seen a few games. Very fun. Um, <clears throat> high school sports. We'll run some high school sports here in Minnesota-wise. Volleyball has begun. Um, they're just getting started here. Uh, that's one of the few sports can go. Uh, the rankings real quick. Uh, volleyball for the 3A. The defending champs are Wyzetta. Uh, they beat Eagan last year in 3A. And uh, as of the 19th of October, the top three are Wyzetta, Shakti, and Egan. Uh, Minnetonk is coming in at seven, and Chaska is at number 10. For 2A, the defending champs are Stuart, Stuartville, and they beat North Branch last year in the finals. Uh, and the top three for 2A right now are Stuartville, Marshall, and Concordia Academy, with Watertown Mayor coming in at five. And in 1A, the defending champ is Minota, and last year uh, they beat uh, Waterville, Elysian, Morristown. And right now the rankings are Minota, WEM, and then Mayor Lutheran is third, followed by Faustin coming in at number nine. Uh, today, uh, Saturday here, as we're talking, a lot of the games for boys and girls soccer, their finals are today, the championship. A couple have been played already. So we'll give you the schedule so you don't have to listen for it tomorrow when you go through the, pa the paper or listen to the radio for your school. Um, boys 2A. <clears throat> Is actually was played the other day. Northfield won. They did beat Century or yeah, Rochester Century. So congratulations to Northfield. In the two double A, it's number one Edina against number six Eam Prairie. Uh, Edina got there by beating Minnetonka two nothing, and Eam Prairie got there by beating Shakti one nothing. Eam Prairie is the sixth seed. So that's games coming on three A. We got Lakeville North against Creighton Durham Hall, the one against the three seed. 4AA, excuse me, Stillwater area, the two seed against number eight, Park, who got there. They've upset the number one seed. They beat uh, White Bear Lake last week. So Park, the eight seed, going for the championship in 4AA. So it's kind of exciting, the underdog making it there. 5AA uh, today, uh, Champlain Park against Moundsview View. Against Moundsview. Uh, 6AA is Wyzetta and Washburn. 7AA is Centennial against Duluth East, the four and the three seed. And eight AA, number one, Maple Grove against number two, Moorhead. In uh, the A brackets, again for boys, Austin did win over Dover the other day. Uh, they won the shootout four to two, so it went to shootouts. In 2A, number one, Worthington against Bloomington Kennedy. In 3A, it's Hol uh, Academy of Holy Angels against Richfield. Hillbury and Montemita in 4A, 5A, Breck and Blake. In the 6A, it's number one Orno against the number six seed Laconia. Laconia got there with a upset wins over Monticello, who was a three seed, then they beat number two Holy Family. So Laconia's on a streak. They went, they beat three, they beat two, and now you got to beat number one. So good luck to them today. 7A, uh, Deerfield did beat Princeton, the eight seed 
or I'm sorry, Denfield. Denfield number eight beat Princeton two to one. So congratulations to them on winning. And 8A, it is <clears throat> number one, uh, Pelican Rapids against number two, St. Cloud Tech. And then the one AA girls, now we move on to girls. One AA girls games for today, number eight, Lakeville South against number two, Owatonna. Two AA, number one, Edina against number two, Minnetonka. Edina, to get there, they beat Bloomington Jefferson, the eight seed, and Shakopee, the five seed, both five nothing. So Edina's had a pretty easy road, so we'll see what happens. Now, hopefully, Minnetonka gives them a better fight than that. Uh, now, three AA, Rosemont and Egan play. Four AA is Stillwater area against Eastridge. And five AA, Champlain Park against Moundsview. To get there for the cha championships, Champlain Park beat Park Center, number eight, 15 to nothing. And Spring Lake Park, the number five seed, three nothing. Well, Moundsview that wins over Irondale, the seventh seed, at six nothing. And then Roseville area, the number three seed, they beat six to one. So both teams have gotten there pretty comfortably. We'll good test them for their championship game. 6A is Minneapolis Southwest against Wyzetta. 7A championship was already played. That was Centennial beat Blaine, the one over the two seed. And 8AA, it's number one Rogers, number two Maple Grove. Moving on to the 1A for girls. Uh, Coder beat Dover Eaton 3-0. Uh, they played that game on the 22nd, so the 1A is done. 2A, number one, Waconia against number two, Southwest Christian. Waconia got there with a win over number 16, Tri-City. is a 1-0 forfeit. Um, Albert Lee at number nine, C, they beat 6-0. And Mankato West, 2-0. And Southwest Christian uh, beat uh, Mankato Loyola, 8-0. Wasika 1-0. And St. Peter, 2-1. So, should be a good matchup there in 2A. 3A. Academy of Holy Angels against Visitation for 3A Championship. Four, Matamidi against Till Maria, one and two playing. Five, eight, it's Benilde St. Margaret's against Blake. And six, eight, the game played last night here. Number three, Orono did beat Watertown Mayor for the 6A Championship. But uh, the second place trophy is the first ever girls trophy for Watertown Mayor. So congratulations to them on that. Then a good season there. Seven, eight, Clocated beat Marshall, one nothing. 8A, number one, Sartell will be playing number four, Bemidji. Bemidji got there with wins over Hillcrest Lutheran, 8-0. East Grand Forks, the number one seed, they beat 3-0. And Aleph, the number two seed, they beat 2-1 two in a shootout. Um, but the way that bracket is for 8A, it's so big is, yeah, Bemidji beat the number one seed, East Grand Forks, but that was in the number one seed in the top bracket. Sartell's the number one seed from the lower bracket. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Sartell did get a forfeit win over St. John's Prep. They beat Sock Rapids Rice 2-1 and St. Cloud Cathedral 1-0. So Bemidji's been playing real good. We'll see how that goes. A uh, little note about Bemidji also for high school football last night. They were supposed to come down and play one of the teams in the cities. A couple weeks ago, the team canceled. So last minute, hey, Edina, are you doing anything? So Bemidji played Edina last night and ended up Bemidji won that game. So they're 2-1 on the season. And Edina dropped 0-3. Anytime I can say Edina dropped to 0-3 in football, I'm going to take that opportunity and mention it. Uh, speaking of high school football, some of the rankings are out. We'll just we'll go over scores for high school football. It's only an hour show. We're not going to do that. Uh, just, I'll hit a couple teams in each bracket here. 6A, 
Lakeville still holds on at number one. Uh, in Prairie 2, Prairie Lake 3. In 5A goes Chaska, St. Thomas Academy, Watana. Uh, no change in 4A from last week. It's still Hutchinson, Marshall, and, and Fridley. Jordan coming in at number 10. 2A, again, no changes. Caledonia, Minneapolis North, and Redwood Valley. Uh, nine, or 1A is Blooming Prairie, Noman Wabern, and Minneota. Mayor Lutheran at five, Browerville Gray Eagle at six, and Underwood at eight in 1A. And nine man, uh, there are some changes. Uh, Hills Beaver Creek still stays at one, but Stephen Argyle Central moves up from five to two, and Winnie Mac stays at number three for nine man. So high, sc high school football has started and is going. Um, limited crowds, still always fun to watch high school football. Uh, go for football today. Playing for a little brown jug. Big game. ESPN's doing their bit right now, but you'd rather watch us anyway. Um, Lee Corso is going to sit there and drop names all over all this and that. I'm sure Desmond Howard with Michigan here, he's going to get booed. So there. Spoiler alert, that's what's happening there. Uh, but Tanner Morgan, gopher quarterback, is up for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Not to take anything away from that, there's like 50 quarterbacks that are up for that every year. So basically, if you don't run the option, your team's up, quarterback is up for it. But obviously, if we're mentioning it now, the gopher quarterback hasn't been up very often, so it's pretty exciting. Tanner Morgan's going to have – I'm not saying he's going pro. He's a fun young kid to watch. So keep an eye on him today in the game. Um, he is named for the all-Big Ten second team list, so he is doing fairly well. Um, speaking of the Gophers today, they're playing for the Little Brown Jug. Uh, doing some research on that. I was looking at Bleacher Report, and they listed their version of the top 10 college rivalry game trophies. This is for all the country. I'm just going to go over the ones that involve Big Ten schools here. Uh, number 10, the old brass spittoon between Indiana and Michigan State. Um, the old oak and bucket between Indiana and Purdue. Number four, the Little Brown Jug, Michigan, Minnesota. Story behind that is in 1903, Michigan coach Fielding Yost purchased a jug of drinking water in a Minneapolis store. Near the end of the contest, with the game tied at six, Minnesota fans stormed the field, which eventually forced the game to be called a tie. Michigan left the jug behind, and it was claimed by Minnesota, which painted it brown and is now half brown, half blue. Six years later, the teams decided to use the jug of the traveling trophy and has been part of the rivalry ever since. Uh, number two is Paul Bunyan's Axe between Minnesota and Wisconsin. There's actually a Paul Bunyan Trophy, too. I think that's Michigan, Michigan State. I'm not sure. But the story behind the Paul Bunyan Axe, <laughs> can't make this stuff up, is actually the rivalry's second traveling trophy. The teams originally played for a slab of bacon between 1930 and 1943 until it was lost following the Minnesota victory. The slab was eventually found in 1994 in Camp Randall Stadium storage closet. In 1948, the Wisconsin National W Club created Paul Bunyan's Axe, with its features a six-foot-long handle in which the game's score is inscribed. Until 2014, the winning team claimed the axe and would, quote-unquote, chop down the goalposts. In 2013, Minnesota players surrounded the goalpost and refused Wisconsin to chop it down, nearly prompting a fight. Now the axe is kept in the locker room till the game is over. I remember a story about that one time at the Metrodome. They tried to take the axe out, 
through the revolving doors. <laughs> Didn't work. But the number one trophy, Florida Rosedale, Minnesota, Iowa. Iowa, Minnesota is nowhere near the top of the list of college football's best rivalries, largely because neither team has been in a national title since 1960. But its trophy, Floyd Rosedale, is the game's best rivalry trophy. In 1934, Iowa accused Minnesota players of dirty play and late hits on star tailback Ozzie Simmons. To defuse the controversy, Iowa and Minnesota governors agreed to wager a live hog named Floyd Rosedale. After Floyd passed away, a trophy was commissioned in his place. Floyd of Rosedale is a 98-pound bronze pig that is 21 inches long and 15 inches high. The winner of the Minnesota-Iowa game keeps Floyd until next year's meeting. Minnesota does hold a 62-46-2 lead in that series, which made it even more special. And I guess they want that as you see him hauling around. That's how big these football players are. I didn't realize how big that trophy was because these big beasts, their hands hold this thing up. I was, I was no bigger than the football, you know? 98 pounds, big trophy. But, uh, the Gophers do play for five different trophies uh, through the Big Ten season. Um, like I said, Floyd Rosedale and the LeBron Jug, Paul Bunyan Zacks. They also have one they started back in 1900 with Nebraska. Now, Nebraska didn't join the Big Ten until much later, but they still had a thing called the $5 Bits of Broken Chair Trophy. No idea what that means. Didn't look into it. Didn't care. Mostly because it's Nebraska, so I didn't care. And when they started, when Penn State joined the Big Ten, they came up with a trophy there, and they have the Governor's Victory Bell. So that's five trophies the Gophers play for, so that's pretty neat. Uh, one other thing I got real quick about Major League Baseball is uh, Rob Manford, commissioner. Uh, he wants to keep the expanded playoffs and the runner-up and the runners starting on second pace beyond the season. I don't know if he'll be able to do it right away next year. Maybe they will if they go with the abbreviated schedule again, not knowing what this pandemic thing is going to hold for us. I kind of like the expanded playoffs. I think if you could do expanded playoffs, though, you might have to shorten the season. I don't agree with the seven-inning doubleheaders in a regular season, but you got to do something, shorten some games. I'm okay with the playoffs. Um, I Maybe you change the scheduling where it's all kind of regional-based like it was this year. But, again, take it up to the Players Union and all that. But you're playing some baseball down there, sir. Any yes. – how, how's it going down there? How would you guys do? Any – Well, any down in sunny, sunny Fort Myers and uh, the annual Roy Hobbs Baseball Tournament for Senior Men's Baseball. It's called the World Series. It's a four-week event this week. Just finished up the best teams in over 35 baseball. Now, unfortunately – I'm older than that, and I don't play in that. Uh, I'm in the over 45 league, which starts tomorrow. Uh-huh. But the finals this week, <clears throat> the, uh, in the 4A title game today, that's going on right now, Tidewater, Florida, against a team out of Chicago. In the Class 3A, Cleveland is taking on another Chicago team. And in 2A, there's a Panhandle, Florida team playing for the title against the NEO Angels. I'm not sure where they're based out of, but... Uh, no Minnesota teams in the finals for the 35 and over event. Uh, this next week, starting tomorrow, the 45 and above start. Minnesota sending four teams down, and I'll be reporting on how, on how we do uh, the next, next show. But there's four teams coming down here. It should be 
mid to upper 80s all week long and uh, play on the, on the Boston Red Sox uh, training fields and the Minnesota Twins training fields down here. So it's, it's, it's great fields, uh, sunny, nice. Uh, this week we do have, uh, this last week, they weren't playing on the championship team, but Jose Barrios was down here, Andy. Uh, he coaches a Puerto Rican team in the over 35, uh, kind of a, he's one of the coaches, I guess. He's not the manager, but his dad plays on a team for Puerto Rico along with his older brother. So Jose Barrios, older brother and his dad were playing here this last week. So some, sometimes you'll run into former ball players or uh, familiar names. This next week in the tournament that I'm in, Andy, it is uh, Doug Flutie is a common, common guy down here. He pitches in the tournament down here. Might run into him and get, have him do a plug for sports and songs if I see him here this week. Right. Now, down here, the local paper has a, has a full page uh, in the sports section today on the Gophers game against Michigan. And so down wow. here in Florida, it's, it's a big cover. It's called the game of the week. They've got a prediction, Minnesota 42, Michigan 38. And it's the game of the week. And like you said, it's on the ESPN. Um, a lot of Minnesotans down here looking forward to watching this game at a local, uh, uh, local bars on the, beach, on the beach here and everything. Yeah, Michigan's ranked like 18th or we're 21st or 22nd. So it should be a good matchup. Hopefully. It should be very good. They've got a whole page on the entire Big Ten. The power rankings for the Big Ten, uh, according to this, is Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota in the top four for the oh, Big wow. Ten. And they got Michigan. Again? Michigan listed sixth. They've got Ohio State listed as number one for the power rankings. Yeah. Two is Penn State. Three is Wisconsin Badgers, and four Minnesota. So those are the top four for the Big Ten. So they've got this game pretty highly touted. It's going to be on a lot of the uh, channels here at the local uh, restaurants and establishments here, as it's on ABC tonight. Uh, correct. And you know, you look at it this way. This is it's games like this. If the Gophers can be competitive in it, and cannot look like little sister Mary school of the blind playing football out there. This is great for recruiting. I mean, yeah, we got cruddy weather right now, but if you could show, look how good the stadium looks, the players are doing okay. No one's getting hurt or complaining. Maybe play a game or two in 20 degree weather. It is what it is. If you want to play in the NFL with the Packers or the bears or the Patriots, or you're really good, you end up playing with the Jets because they stink and always get a number one pick, you're going to play in the cold weather. So why not go to a college with some cold weather and get used to it? You play in Alabama, you're not going to get – you're going to be great, and you go to a bad team that plays where it's cold. You play California or Arizona, not everybody plays in nice warm weather all year round, kids. So come here. You got – none of our games are cold. They're just This is the one time it's going to be – and it's all part of being a big kid. Suck it up, come play up here. So look forward to watching the game. That should be a good one, and especially this season where there's no non-conference, there's no easy, um, yep. easier wins to start the season. You start off right away with the powerhouse game. It's going to be fairly exciting. Uh, I've got some NFL, two NFL notes as well. Do you have okay. anything, Andy, or should I go, off, go ahead? Uh, with... I just got some concerts when you're done. We'll go ahead with the NFL stuff, yeah. NFL, now we're into the Sunday night flex. We're into the flex schedule. And uh, the Tampa Bay-Las Vegas game was scheduled for the night game. That got flexed. They moved that up to uh, the 3-15 late game, Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. And instead, for the night game this weekend on Sunday night, will be Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. They moved that as the 
flex. Now, Tampa Bay moved up, you know, to that to the three o'clock game, but they're the ones turning all the all the heads this year with Brady, Gronkowski, and guess who just signed today? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, a one-year deal with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, once again, down here in this section of Florida, Tampa Bay is a big it's a big hub. Everyone's excited. Tampa Bay's got the Lightning are the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Rays are in the World Series. You got all the big names coming on there for football are coming on there. So, you know, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown have that one game history together. But Gronkowski, Gronkowski was basically signed as a player coach, uh, a third option for Brady. Since there, since there was no training camp or preseason games, he knew he had that safe out to Gronk wherever he was going to be. Um, I, I think this might be the start where you see guys – Okay, the Florida Marlins and uh, Arizona Diamondbacks for a while, baseball players who thought that a year or two left, went down where it was warm to play all year round. Kind of the reverse way I just talked about college football players. So maybe Tampa Bay could start getting this. Hey, you got a couple years left, come down in the sun, and let's see what we can do. Have fun, be competitive. Yeah, the Bucks. the Bucks look good, especially on defense that last game I saw. Uh, no penalties in that game for Tampa Bay. Last week. It's unreal yep. to watch that. Yeah, they had 11 the week before. Tom Brady chews them out. I guess the media on there, Tampa, was just, how dare you yell at our players. Really, the next week, you had no penalties. Keep yelling. Those guys are going to be tough, but that's all I've got for sports. Um, yeah, I just got some concerts. Uh, Medina Entertainment Center coming up October 30th. The Belfast Cowboys. They're a nine-piece band uh, specializing in music from Van Morrison. So that genre of music, if that's you, that's a place to see. October 31st is a trilogy trilogy tribute tour. Uh, groups that does this do songs by Pink Floyd, The Doors, and ACDC. So if you're into that, that's uh, Halloween night. Friday, November 6th is Shane Martin, a tribute to Alabama. Um, so that should be a good show there. And the seventh is a 70s Magic Sunshine Band. So there you go. Uh, November 13th, Arena Rocks with guest Heartless, a tribute to Heart, will be playing. And 14th is a band called Bad Girlfriends. I have no information on them. Um, they're playing the 14th. Uh, when so is Heartless, when is Heartless playing? Heartless is opening up for Arena Rocks on the 13th of November at Medina. Oh, I'm going to mark that down. Big Heart fan, of course. Yes. Uh, Nancy Wilson just had a new album out. If you see, you, I'm sure you saw that on our Facebook page. Yes. This is where you nod. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Nancy's got some stuff out, so there's that. Uh, like I said, new friends of the show, Legacy of the Loud. Um, they'll be playing uh, November 7th at Jersey's Bar in Invergrove Heights and the 21st at Forster's Dugout in Miami. So there's some chances to go see them. Like I said, I, I sing their praises from last week. Uh, very good show. One last tidbit. Uh, Friday, October 30th at the Muddy Cow in Hutchinson, Isaiah Mueller Band is playing. Um, a friend of mine plays bass. He'll be sitting with the band that night. So a little plug there. If you're out at Hutchinson at the Muddy Cow, October 30th, 8.30 p.m. Head on out there, see them. Uh, some good stuff. And don't mention my name. They might not let you in. So don't say, hey, Andy said... Don't do that. But that's what I got. Um, the sports and 
music history of birthdays has been pre-recorded, so that'll just go straight to the anchor part. Um, you won't see me reading those or having pictures for that this week. I apologize for that. Because of time restraints this week with uh, travel and stuff, we put that in earlier. I am working on, hopefully we'll have it ready by the first anniversary show in a couple weeks, our own Spotify music page, where if you listen to Spotify, every one of the albums of the week we've done, I'm going to pick one song or maybe two off the album, put on there, and we'll update it every now and then. So those of you who enjoy Spotify, which we do, because they're Anchor FM owns Spotify, so um, we'll be putting that out there. When we have the information. We'll let you know. So you'll be able to find us there, our, our podcast channels, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, uh, blog updates every couple weeks or stuff on there. So just keep looking for us on social media. Anything you ever want to hear for something, let us know. So we'll skip over the part. Now this is where we go to the album of the week, sir. What this did you listen to on your plane ride down? Uh, this, is the, this is episode 45. The album of the week is Damn Yankees. American rock supergroup formed in 1989. My boyfriend, uh, Jack Blades, is on that man. I got man crush on him. Man crush. This is good uh, for man crush. Good, good, uh, good group of guys here. This is an American rock supergroup formed in 89, consisting of Tommy Shaw of Styx, Jack Blades of Night Ranger, Ted Nugent from the Amboy Dukes, and the drummer Michael, Cardo- Michael Cardelloni. Cardelloni at the time was unknown. He was the, uh, the fresh baby face of the group, but later was the drummer with Leonard Skinner. So all these guys are good. I remember this album first came out and uh, it, it was pretty good stuff, mainly because the guys in the band, they're all well-known. It's another super group type of a thing. They only recru- recorded a couple albums and that was it, but it was good at the time. They are remembered for the songs High Enough, Where Are You Going Now?, both of these were top 40 hits in the early 90s. Label here was Warner Brothers. This was produced by rock producer Ron Nevison. The band's self-titled debut album went double platinum in 1990. And the two top hit songs were done by each of the two uh, lead singers. Jack Blade's song was Coming of Age. That went high in the charts. And Tommy Shaw, his song was Come Again. Uh, that got extensive airplay as well. Uh, both of those are their top, really their top songs. Ted Nugent, of course, was lead guitarist. And I think he sang a couple songs on the, uh, the, the, deep, the deeper cuts. He, he was vocals on those, but uh, mainly those two were the, the top ones. 1990s rock ballad, High Enough, rose to number 33 on the Hot US chart and number two on the, o, on the AOR charts. But despite Ted Nugent's career, being built on hard rock, on his hard rock Motor City Madman image. The more pop rock sound of High Enough was actually his first mainstream top 10 single ever. Not, not, Nugent was good. He had some good songs. None of it was ever mainstream. So after his long, huge career that he had, it actually takes a rock ballad, yeah. a power ballad, to get him in a top 10 single ever on mainstream. So that was, uh, that was pretty good. After the release, they went on an 18-month tour, and they toured with bands such as Poison, Jackal, and a revamped Bad Company lineup. So this was back in 
this was back in 89, you know, they were touring in 90. The tour coincided with the Persian Gulf War, which was very new at the time back then. And, and so at the end of the, some of the shows, there were, the band was unfurling American flags and they made very patriotic statements and things uh, on, the, on the concert. Uh, on the, wait, wait, uh, wait. Ted Nugent got political during a concert? So Ted Nugent, remember, a good guy wow. to on Twitter, if you want to hear, uh, yeah. really, two you want to laugh, yeah. he talks humor. Uh, really three topics, music, hunting, and politics. It's all, anything he says is going to be one of those three buckets. And sometimes in the same sentence. Many times, yes. <laughs> he, uh, very, very vocal. Now, in, in today's political climate, you'll also see him, it won't do won't be much of a stretch of any kind of a search on Twitter to see yeah. the quotes from him. So here's an interesting note, uh, Andy. You might be, you might like this. You know, the band, there's been common talk of this band reuniting over the years. Even as far as just this past July 2020, Sirius XM Radio Rewind Channel 25 interview with Rachel Steele, Ted Nugent said that he wants to get back and tour again with the damn Yankees. This was just this past July he made this statement. So they may, this may be an upcoming type of a deal on your concert reviews. Local band like this uh, uh, could be playing at the Medina, maybe something a little bigger, but uh, they're all done with the big, the big arena shows, but this would be a good band to see if they do get together. Damn Yankees never, on purpose, never disbanded. They've never broken up. Right. So they're never really going to officially get back together, but they know they're going to be keeping it open, the possibility of a reunion, even to this day, some type of a tour. And so, like I said, the, the members of the band, Tommy Shaw, Jack Blades, Ted Nugent, and Michael Cardelloni. Now, Cardelloni, in, in doing this research for this album review, he's very big into art, very artsy guy. And I put on the, Sports and Songs Facebook page, some of his artwork. He designs, as a drummer, he designs the cover, drum, uh, drummer, drum covers uh, with bands, various bands' images of their artwork on these things that you can buy, like as collector pieces to hang on your uh, wall or, or man cave, whatever. He's got some very good, very good things that he has done. Now on to the songs. Ten songs on the album. High Enough, Coming of Age, and Come Again, all singles that went on the charts, and they all have music videos with them. Now, the song Runaway was also released as a single, and the song Bad Reputation released as a single. Never made music videos for those, but interesting still that they had five singles released on a 10-song on a album. That's just right. singles, but five, so... That, that stuck out to me as surprising. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. Uh, the remaining five songs that didn't be didn't re, re, released was Mystified, the song Rock City, Damn Yankees, Pile Driver. There's your Ted Nugent song right there, Pile Driver. And the song Tell Me How You Want It. So that's the album review of this week, Ted Nugent. I was able to meet him in 1989 and get his autograph and my photo taken with, uh, with Nugent. Uh, big, I've always been a big uh, lifelong you know, uh, fan of the Nuge, but uh, it's a good album. I haven't listened to this thing in a, in a long time, and I like the, the songs on this. Most of these songs are very good. 
I don't like them. They're small damn Yankees. If you if you search them on YouTube, you will hear. It, you know, sometimes we put a song up on YouTube and just put like, the album cover up there, like we do with some of our episodes. That song does get played out there on Spotify, uh, YouTube a lot for Damn Yankees. If you search them, you will hear that song, Damn Yankees, come up. Yeah. Very good. And, one, and once again, the power, the songs that they're known for uh, publicly are those power ballads. Not necessarily the, you know, my favorite, but uh, the other songs are, are on there are good. But this album went double platinum. So look for them to get back together, possibly. Well, that was kind of like Night Ranger, too. Their songs they released were their ballads. You listen to the other eight songs on the album, not ballads. Un, un, yeah, and, and under, underrated as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, so That's on well, Anchor, we'll release the Anchor Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock for all the new listeners out there. That's just the audio only. Our YouTube channel is dedicated to videos like this. Facebook channel will put the videos like this uh, out there. and. Um, once again, on a weekly basis. Instagram, occasional Instagram, we'll have a little five-minute blog. One of us will. We're out there on. Uh, there's a blog page. There's Instagram, and we're out there on Twitter, as well. So we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. We've had some good, good results doing this for a year, Andy. I'm looking forward to uh, to year number two. Yeah, some things we're thinking of doing. Um, coming up for the fall or for the high school tournament section. Um, a lot more coverage of the high school tournaments as they come up like we did last year but this year march madness we'll be covering if there is any tournaments however they do it we'll cover that pretty exclusively we enjoy the high school sports there are a lot um college football bowl games i don't know how they're going to do that i tell you the truth i don't think the ncaa knows either they're probably making probably up they probably are saying one thing but if things change it can change so we'll see um getting back to the nfl one thing i have heard about they have that an extra week in there before the playoffs start in case they got to make up games. It was announced this week. They have the flexibility where the Super Bowl is at. If they have to, they can move the Super Bowl up to four weeks back or four weeks out. So that stadium's not being used for anything. So they have that flexibility there. The NFL, like we said at the beginning, has been coming up with this big chip on their shoulder. Like, we're not changing the way we do things. We're the NFL. We've had Tuesday night games, we've had games scheduled around. The Chiefs played Monday night three weeks in a row, you know, because games had to be moved because of coronavirus, and this team tested positive through the week with the wait. Tennessee Titans are undefeated, and they've been the cause of a lot of schedule changes, you know. So with that coming up, is the NFL going to do something different when it comes to playoffs? They're going to say, hey, you know what? We're bubbling for the playoffs. We're not traveling. We don't have the flexibility to, to move games to Tuesday night or Thursday night then. I wouldn't be surprised personally if the NFL and playoffs come, they bubble everybody. They might, yeah. So that's because the dollars for TV are too big to be moving them around. The ratings are too low for all sports right now. World Series is getting the worst ratings they've ever had. NBA and NHL have bad ratings. Football's not getting good ratings, pro football. So I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL bubbles to some – sort come playoff time or maybe some teams say come to the other end of the season the vikings lions game we're not making you up sorry we're not going to move stuff around you're mathematically eliminated we're not going to bother making up your game so we'll see what happens there well that's all i've got we've got some good football tonight world series game uh 
three tonight? Game four tonight. Game four. So we've got game four tonight, and then they've got game five, and then another day, uh, break in the action, and then game six to seven if necessary. One thing we're going to bring up, uh, the Rays the other day, they had a pitcher, Anderson. The leaf pitcher, very good, from Brainerd, Minnesota, local guy. So uh, there's that. One thing we're going to bring up, speaking of baseball, as you watch your World Series, one thing Dan and I have talked about, we're going to do a video on how to keep score for a baseball game. What does a 4-3 put out mean? What's F8? What, all this other stuff. So as you watch this, don't get frustrated by it. If you have questions on how to score a baseball game, let us know. So we have, oh, you want to know what that is? We can put it in our video. So we're working on that for this fall. Maybe it'll be our Christmas present to you. Um, but, you know, we're working on that. Something to do to release before baseball season starts next year, get you into it. So if you have questions on how to score a baseball game or any questions baseball-related that you've come up with this year, please send them in. Uh, send us a message on Facebook. Um, direct message there. Email us. There's an email address on the Facebook page. Send them in. We'll go over questions on that, too, coming up. So get your baseball questions ready. Next week will be a big preview. October 31st is the last day of the Korean baseball season for the playoffs. So I'll have a playoff preview for them. And um, lots of guys in Australian baseball getting signed up, ready to go. A preseason preview for that coming up too. Uh, never get too much baseball here. Yeah, we'll take an extensive look also next, next year in the springtime at uh, amateur uh, baseball. Um, yep. River Valley will do previews for that coming up. Uh, DRS, some other uh, River Valley League baseball coming up for amateur uh, as as the host host of the baseball state tournament this next coming year, 2021, is going to be Waconia, Chaska, and Hamburg. And so we're going to be really pushing, pushing that leading up to that Labor Day state title games uh, in, in classes uh, a, B, uh, a, B, and C. Not only are we Carver County's fastest growing podcast. We are your amateur baseball leader for Minnesota, your high school sports leader in Carver County for podcasts. You want it, let us know. We'll give it to you. And if you don't well, want we're it, we're also, also to uh, not sell us short. Uh, we're the XFL leader for season yes. one. When the XFL came back, uh, no one had more information than this very show on right. games, previews, and notable players. So we take pride in, in some of these, some of these things. We're not just MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL here. We got, we got our pro wrestling, we got NASCAR. And I just want it noted. I've gotten this whole episode. I have not said a thing about the New York Mets yet. It can be done. And if you look back at our video archives, I believe this is our second episode where both Dan and I did not have a hat on. Oh, yes. Usually we do. Usually one we... of us usually have one on. This, neither one. We're naked heads today. This, this is a rare episode. Could be a good answer to a trivia question down yes. the road. Name episode. one episode where they neither had a hat on. Number episode 45, 45, no hats. Sans the hat. Yes. That would be one of our hashtags when we promote the video. Hashtag no hats. That could be. That could be. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you next week then. See you now. Okay, hey, it's Andy here. Time for the This Week in Sports and Music, History and Birthdays. We'll start with August, October 19th, 1933. The Berlin Olympic Committee vote to introduce basketball in the 1936 Games. Birthday is 1962, Evander Holyfield. Boxer got a bronze medal in the Olympics in 88. 
was world champion from 90 to 92. Born in Alabama. 1965, Brad Doherty, NBA center for Cleveland Cavaliers and also now an analyst on NBC Sports for NASCAR. 1973, Vikings wide receiver Robert Tate. October 20th, 1973, President Richard Nixon proclaims Jim Thorpe greatest athlete of the first half century. 1976, the New York Nets. Julius Dr. J. Irving sold to the Philadelphia 76ers. That was the uh, ABA, NBA stuff there. Birthday is 1931, Mickey Mantle. Hall of Famer with the uh, Yankees. Uh, 56 Triple Crown winner, 20-time All-Star. Born in Oklahoma. And 1953, Keith Hernandez, first baseman, played for the Cardinals and Mets. Born in San Francisco, California. October 21st, 2007, Tennessee kicker Rob Baranos. Baranos sets an NFL record for most points scored in a game with no touchdowns, with 26. And the Titans' 38-36 win versus Houston Texans at Reliance Stadium in Houston. Birthday is 1972, Orlando Thomas of the Minnesota Vikings fame. Birthday. And 1990, Minnesota, former Minnesota Timberwolf and Utah Jazz player Ricky Rubio. Birthday. <clears throat> 1984, October 22nd, 1984, NFL quarterback Ken Stabler retires. And birthdays for October 22nd, 1973, Ichiro Suzuki, Japanese baseball player, and also played for the Mariners a majority of his NFL career, or Major League Baseball career. I believe he went to Miami for the last couple of years and might have had a cup of coffee with the Yankees. I'm not sure. Uh, most career hits, 4,367. Uh, that's between Japan and the U.S., uh, AL MVP in 2001, All-Star from 2001 to 2010, Japanese All-Star from 94 to 2000, born in Japan. October 23rd, 1921, Green Bay Packers played the first NFL game, a 76 win over, the, over Minneapolis at the time. Their first win in the APFA came on Sunday, October 23rd, when they defeated the Minneapolis Marines 6-7, or 7-6 if you read it the winner right. At uh, at Green Bay. In the game, Curly Lambeau threw the first forward pass in Packer history. Birthdays, 1869. Johnny Heisman, American football coach who, legendary, who legalized the forward pass, organized the center snap, and for which the Heisman Trophy was named after. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. 1935, Chichi Rodriguez or as Les Nesman would say on WKP, Chai Chai Retrogreaves. Puerto Rican golfer born. Um, the senior, turner, senior Tournament Players Championship in 86. PGA Senior Championship in 87. Born in Rio, Puerto Rico. 1940, Pele, Brazilian soccer player, or football as they call it. Uh, player of the century, 1,281 goals in 1,363 games. Born in Brazil. In 1962, Doug Flutie, college football quarterback from Boston College, Heisman Trophy in 84, Grey Cup MVP in 92, 96, 97, Pro Bowl 98 for the Buffalo Bills, born in Manchester, Maryland. October 24th, 1979, Billy Martin punches a marshmallow salesman and puts his job in jeopardy. Birthdays for that day, 1967, Ron Garner, former Twins manager and 
most recently Tiger's manager who retired er, uh, earlier this year was born. Born in West Germany. October 25th, 1964. The Wrong Way Run. Viking Jim Marshall runs 66 yards in the wrong direction for a safety. It was voted as NFL's number one blooper. 1986. After trailing 5-3 with two out and no one on the bottom of the 10th, New York rallies to win Game 6 of the World Series, 6-5. Bill Buckner misplays the ball. I'm just going to go back on that for a little bit. If Buckner makes that play, the game is still tied and we go to another inning. That would have been the third out. So Red Sox would not have won if he made that play. That play would have ended the inning. Game was tied. We would have moved on to another inning. So, yes, that game, that play cost them that game, but they would not have won if he made that play. So just clearing that up. Not backing Bill Buckner, but just trying to prevent some bashing on the poor man. Uh, 1987, Minnesota Twins win their first World Series championship, beating St. Louis four games to three in the 84th World Series. Birthdays, 1889, Smokey Joe Wood, American baseball pitcher for the Red Sox, born in Kansas City, Missouri. And 1948, Don Gable, who we mentioned on last week's show, the American 68-kilogram freestyle wrestler, 72 Olympic gold, was born in Waterloo, Iowa. 1954, Mike Ruzioni, American ice hockey player for the uh, 80 Olympic team, born in Winthrop, Massachusetts. And 1971, Pedro Martinez, uh, the Expos and uh, the Mets and the Red Sox, Hall of Fame pitcher, born in the Dominican Republic. Now for the music part of History and Birthdays. October 19th, 1984, Talking Heads concert movie Stop Making Sense opens in theaters. A highly unconventional film it doesn't rely on crowd shots or backstage footage. It's held as a triumph for its genre. 1979, Prince releases his sophomore album, Prince, containing the number one R&B hit, I Want to Be Your Lover, and the original version of I Feel For You, which was later a hit for Shaka Khan. It's his first album certified platinum for sales over one million. Birthdays, Patrick Simons of the Doobie Brothers was born in Aberdeen, Washington. October 20th, 1977. Led Zeppelin members Ronnie Van Zant and Steve Gaines die in a plane crash in Mississippi. Gaines' sister Cassie, a backup singer for the group, is also killed along with two pilots and the band's manager. Other members of the group are badly injured. 2000. Ice-T, who in 1992 released a uh, song called Cop Killer, makes his debut on the TV series Law & Order Special Victims Unit playing a cop. Detective Finn Tutalola. Now, again, not defending Ice-T or anything else here. Ice-T's even said when he tried out for that show, he's not a fan of the cops. So the director said, okay, play what you think a cop should be. Getting back to Ice-T's song Cop Killer from his band Body Count from their rap hard rock album they did. I have family members who are cops, so obviously not real happy with a song called Cop Killer. But from the music end of it, if you listen to the music parts, not the lyrics, the music part of that entire album was really incredible. A lot of other songs on there, the lyrics are kind of stupid in my opinion, but if I can get just the music part for that album, that was an incredible album. Very good. There was a couple songs that had good lyrics on it. Some of them were pretty stupid. Birthdays, 1971. Snoop Dogg was born in Long Beach, California. Um... Cordozer, Cordozer, Calvin Baradas Jr. is his name, and I'm sure I butchered that. 
And I guess if that was my name, I'd go by Snoop also. Um, his parents nicknamed him Snoopy because of his resemblance to Charlie Brown's pet beagle. Thanks, Mom and Dad. 1950, Tom Petty was born in Gainesville, Florida. October 21st, 2011, the FBI lists juggalos, fans of the Insane Clown Posse, as, quote, a loosely organized hybrid gang, end quote, in their National Gang Threat Assessment. Yep. 1972, Chuck Berry lands his only number one hit in the top 100 with My Ding-A-Ling, a novelty song about, well, you'd have to read about it, it's what you think it's about. Birthday is 1953. Charlotte Caffey of the Go-Go's was born in Santa Monica, California. 1917. Jazz trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie is born. John Burks Gillespie in South Carolina. October 22nd, 1990. The band Mookie Blaylock, soon to be known as Pearl Jam, made their stage debut at the off-ramp in Seattle. In attendance are members of Soundgarden and Seattle Mariners pitcher Randy Johnson. Birthdays, 1985, Zach Hansen of the group Hansen, the singers Hansen Brothers, not the hockey player Hansen Brothers, born in Arlington, Virginia, to a family that includes older brothers and future bandmates Isaac and Tyler. They were raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So as you can tell from that, Zach was the youngest of them. 1976, John Foreman, frontman of Switchfoot, is born in California, but would be raised in Massachusetts and Virginia Beach. 1942, pop singer and mouseketeer Annette Funicello was born in Utica, New York. 19, or, I'm sorry, October 23rd, 2006, My Chemical Romance released their widely popular third album, The Black Parade, which was recorded during the band's stay in a, at a notoriously haunted Premier Mansion in Los Angeles. Birthdays, 1959. Weird Al Yankovic is born Alfred Matthew Yankovic in Downey, California, but was raised in Linwood because he is straight out of Linwood. October 24th, 1978. The movie version of The Wiz, which debuted as a Broadway stage production in 1975, hits theaters. The all-black cast includes Diana Ross as Dorothy, Michael Jackson as a Scarecrow. The film marks Jackson's acting debut. <clears throat> it is actually a really good movie. Uh, I believe Nip Nipsey Russell's in the movie. I'm a fan of Nipsey Russell. It's a good movie. It's Michael did okay for a young kid in there. and I, I, I had no issue with the movie. I thought it was kind of fine. 1975. <clears throat> Hart gets a big break when they fill in as the opening act for Rod Stewart's band Faces at the Forum in Montreal. Thanks to support from a local radio station, CHOM, many in the crowd know their songs Magic Man and Crazy On You. They continue to build support in Canada before making their move to America in 1976. Birthdays, Jerry Emmington, drummer of Steppenwolf, is born. Gerald McCorn in Canada. Wow. Last name Emmington, born in Canada. What a deal. 1936, Bill Wyman, future bass player of the Rolling Stones, was born. William George Perks in South London, England. 1930, J.P. Richardson, also known as the Big Bopper, was born Giles Perry Richardson, like I said, J.P. Richardson, in Texas. 
1920, or I'm sorry, October 25th, 2017. Nashville stages a star-studded farewell concert for Kenny Rogers, who has decided to retire after a 60-year musical career. A range of acts salute the singer, which covers, which they all do covers of some of his most memorable songs. <clears throat> Chris Stapleton taking the um, taking the gambler. Lionel Richie Richie sang "Lady," and Don Henley sang the Eagles' "Desperado," which Kenny Rogers covered. The highlight of the evening, of course, is when Kenny Rogers takes the stage with his duet partner Dolly Parton, as two close to the one night with "Islands in the Stream." 1977, Elton John appears on the Muppet Show, where he performs Crocodile Rock and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Elton is one of the inspirations for Dr. Teeth, the Muppets house band, The Electric Mayhem. Birthdays, 1968, Arrested Development Leader Speech is born Todd Thomas in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 1963, John Levin, bass guitar player for the band Europe, is born in Sweden. 1961, Chad Smith, drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is born Chadwick Gaylord Smith in St. Paul, Minnesota. 1965, Chrissy Amphlett, frontwoman of the Divinals, is born in Victoria, Australia. The Divinals. One-hit wonder band, my opinion. The Divinals. 1955, Mathis Jabs, guitarist for Scorpions, is born in Germany. And 1949, Glenn Tippin, or guitarist for Judas Priest, is born in England. 1912, country comedian and hee-haw regular Minnie Pearl is born. Sarah Connolly Connon in Centerville, Hickman County, Tennessee. Minnie Pearl, hee-haw, you don't see good TV like that anymore. You really don't. That, that's what we're missing in this world we live in today is good shows like hee-haw. Simple, dumb, southern booger humor. Someone get on that and bring that back. But that is it for this week in music and sports, history, and birthdays.